Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Welcome to another edition of the Carveline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service. That's Mr. Paul. Wait for it. A Jameis. All right, Paul, I think it is time to kick it over to our interview for this week. We're talking with the regular guest, Brian Cheshire, our water wastewater manager. He's here to talk about the state of water wastewater today. And with the recent news in the government, I think there's a lot of exciting things going on. Here's our interview. Joining us this week, as uh, he usually does, as he is wont to do, is one Brian Cheshire. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Hey guys, greetings from central South Alabama, which from listening to the last podcast, uh, aren't you still advertising being from North Alabama? Yeah, I, I've decided we've adopted you as our, our baby brother. You can be Southern Alabama, we'll be Northern Alabama. There you go. <laughs> Seems appropriate. As much fun as it is poking fun at where we live, let's go ahead and uh, talk about, man, this year's really shot by, hasn't it? Yeah, that's crazy. Here we are right at the end of the year and I would say it's been marginally better than 2020, but it's, I would say 2021 has definitely unveiled some new challenges for us. And Paul, I know you were, what, a few weeks ago at a conference where you were doing kind of a state of the, the industry, talking about a lot of these things. Yeah, I sure was. I was at the Contractor Connect event. And I tell you, it was, it was a great gathering. We had representatives from all the major paint companies, and everybody is feeling the same pains. And the, the most common phrase that we talked about was, it's like a giant game of whack-a-mole. And it is, if I have enough of this resin, I'm missing this additive, or I've got enough of everything, I don't have cans to put it in, or now I got cans and I don't have boxes. And then one guy even said, he was like, we got everything ready. We're ready to put it on a truck. There's no pallets. So it is truly just, where is the supply chain broken today? And that's truly, that's what 2021 has turned into is just a giant chasing of what can we find? Where can we find it? And it's, it's not even just the coatings industry. The global supply chain for all of our products are generally in the same thing. My kids got a little panicked when I told them, no, well, you had to order your Christmas presents in July. Sorry, you're not getting any. They're like, what? Paul, you're not the only one out there traveling. Brian, you've hit up several conferences as well. And the conferences that you've gone to have been specific to water wastewater. So what's the temperature, pun intended, of pun intended. the water market? Yeah, so I would say really that the water sectors faced with, with a lot of the same challenges that you see across other industries, things like the supply chain issues and challenges. They're dealing with an aging workforce, trying to attract new talent into the industry. They're worried about cybersecurity and really a lot of other things. But I can tell you from pretty much every survey that I see from the water sector, and, and I would say two of the big topics that I see talked about at just about every show I attend is number one, they're concerned with the renewal and replacement of the aging infrastructure. And then second, they're concerned with financing for those improvements. So I, I know today we're going to talk about some of the financing that's out there for some of these projects. And then also the recent passage of the infrastructure bill, because I know just a few weeks ago, we, we celebrated infrastructure week. What's great about that, though, is all of a sudden now there are uh, billions of dollars for infrastructure and uh, water, wastewater was a very big part of that. But before we get too far down that road, I, I do think I have an idea for them to find 
new employees. All right. Wherever they test babies for like sense of smell, they should just be right there and waiting, wait for the ones that don't have a sense of smell and start then. <laughs> start, start recruiting. I suppose if we were on a different network, we could go down the path on what the smell of that industry is, huh? <laughs> it sure is shirty. Yeah. Brian, like Jack said, we've, there's been a lot of talk about the water, wastewater, and the infrastructure and what's coming in the new infrastructure bills. Why don't you talk a little bit, highlight some of the resources that go into some of the specifics of the corrosion that are in this sector of the coating industry and the infrastructure industry? Yeah, so there's s- several good references out there for anybody who wants to really dig in more to some of the specifics of these corrosion challenges. I know we've had probably what eight to 10 episodes where we've specifically just talked about here on the podcast, talked about corrosion challenges and water wastewater. Mm-hmm. And amazing. You, you keep having me back after that many times. <laughs> but AMP's one organization that has some really good resources. When you start talking about corrosion and water wastewater, they actually have a short course that's dedicated to the topic. They have a, a publication called Water Core that comes out several times a year. And there's also another good reference paper out there for anybody that wants to dig into this topic further. In 2020, they put out a paper that basically talked about the cost associated with corrosion in the water. And in that, they they talk about the Flint, Michigan case study, talk about how that could have been prevented. And, and, And then really it closes with talking about how being proactive with your corrosion control programs can really help to extend the life of of assets within this sector. Absolutely. Inspection is one of the more critical aspects of our entire industry and staying on top of your coding systems and and what is actually preventing your corrosion is one of the most cost-saving things that any plant could do. That's right. And you can even look into a lot of the water wastewater industry. There's a lot of concrete involved and there's a lot of concrete that gets ignored. And so you really need to pay attention to to what's going on and the types of corrosion that are happening in these. And the case of the apartment building in Florida was a fantastic example of what happens catastrophically when you're not paying attention to what seems like minor sets of corrosion that just go unchecked. That definitely has raised everyone's awareness of the importance of regular inspection, for sure. Yes. I also think, uh, Brian, AWWA has a paper or standard about this as well. Yes, so they actually have a manual. It's M27, and it's titled External Corrosion Control for Infrastructure Sustainability. And so really good guide that that goes through some of the different corrosion control methods and how these are used to extend the life of assets within the water infrastructure. It goes into how and why corrosion occurs, talks about some of the different corrosive environments within the system. And it also talks about a lot of the proven corrosion prevention and control measures that are out. And it goes into, I would say, a lot of the topics that that we've talked about on here, things like the corrosion from dissimilar metals, corrosion from corrosive soils, atmospheric corrosion, microbial-induced corrosion. But the good thing about the guide is really the scope of this M27 manual. It, It covers really corrosion throughout the system, anything from piping to to storage tanks to even structures at the water treatment plant. So we fed the fed horse about corrosion. We've been talking about it, like Brian said, we've had six, eight episodes on it already. With the light of the recent good news that I know is near and dear to Jack's heart, 
on the infrastructure bill and how much is being invested into our infrastructure right now from a federal level. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the funding that's within the water and wastewater section that this is going to help address? Yeah, definitely. Just talking about funding in general for the the water infrastructure, currently the EPA, the USDA, and and HUD are really the main sources for federal funding within the sector. There's a few programs out there that that I want to highlight, and here in a minute, we'll tie those really into the current topic, which is the the infrastructure bill. But one program that EPA administers, it's it's called WIFIA. It's uh, the Water Infrastructure Finance and Innovation Act. I used to play WIFIA ball when I was a little kid. I was going to say nothing in wastewater should be WIFIA. Let me get a WIFIA of that. No, I don't want that. (laughs) I love acronyms. (laughs) <laughs> this program, though, it's over the last few years, it's provided about $9 billion to support the water infrastructure. And before this infrastructure bill, they already had earmarked about $6.5 billion in financing that would be available this year. One thing to know about this program is this is typically for larger projects. There mm-hmm. are some minimum project sizes, depending on the size of your community, that are tied to this. So... That's one program. A few others that EPA does, and these are more dialed into the state level, but each state gets a clean water state revolving fund, as well as a drinking water state revolving fund. And these are basically low interest loans in the whole world revolving. These are funds that cycle and that are available really every year. And so every state gets some, and these are really designed both for the drinking water and for the, the wastewater infrastructure. So I would assume that since this is for clean drinking water, our little brother state, Alabama, probably gets more than the big brother state, Mississippi, or than uh, Missouri. Because- Northern Alabama and Southern Alabama. Yeah, oh, sorry. Northern Alabama. Northern Alabama has gotten cleaner water, and now we have excreted it down to Southern Alabama. So therefore you have to clean the water more than we did. You yeah, should so get so more money. We're downstream of you. Yeah. <laughs> All joking aside, we do have a lot of rural areas and I know that's another funding program. USDA actually has a dedicated program for rural communities. And then HUD also has a, what they call C- CDBG, which is for low to moderate income areas. Hey, Paul, did you catch that professional transition that he just did right there? (laughs) Yeah. 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 He just left. Never mind you, Paul. Let's talk about this. But now let's talk about crazy Uncle Joe's money. What's (laughs) happening there? That's really the the topic of the day is this $1.2 trillion uh, infrastructure bill. The Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. So I want to make sure I made it official there. As of this rioting or when we're recording this, I guess it's due within about a week to get the president's signature. Assuming no roadblocks, we, we, we should be smooth sailing from here with it. But Go- Roadblocks in government? No, they never have. Wouldn't that be something? We <laughs> <laughs> just all of a sudden, meh. <laughs> but, but yeah, this infrastructure bill is, is, is pretty exciting news. It covers a lot of sectors, but specifically to the water market, about $55 billion is earmarked for that. And this is you know really spread out throughout drinking water, wastewater, and then even stormwater. But talking about those funding programs that I mentioned a minute ago, I, I mentioned the state level one, the, the Clean Water State Revolving Fund and the Drinking Water State Revolving Fund. The way this bill is going to work is... $11.7 billion is going to be allocated to each of those. And so from there, you'll see that made available to, to all the states. And then on, on top of that, I mentioned the WIFIA program, which is for the bigger projects. 
there's going to be $250 million that's going to go into that program over the next five years. So needless to say, this is a significant investment that's very much needed and has honestly been a very long time coming. It really has. And we see examples all the time in the news of our crumbling infrastructure. We've talked about Flint on this podcast. Infrastructure is a constant investment. A lot of our infrastructure was set up a real long time ago. And to keep it operating, you, you have to continually invest in it. Paul, I'm getting a little whiffy of something over here. Are you thinking too much? <laughs> is that what I'm getting? That, that whiffy? Anyway. See, I was going straight to, hopefully we don't run into any curveballs. Like I used to be able to throw when we played whiffy a ball when I was like with the ball with those curveballs. Yeah. So anyway, before I get completely off target, I have my computer, my little computer is going stay on target. I want to talk about how Carboline or Brian, I want you to talk about how Carboline can help in all of these different areas. Yeah, definitely. So as I alluded to earlier, we've talked a lot about this on the show and really talked about some of the different areas where Carboline has product solutions. The fact is Carboline has been supporting the water industry for over 50 years now. We've got a, a very vast product line that, that can address really most any corrosion issue that you may face in the water wastewater infrastructure. And with more projects happening, we, we definitely want to be there and support our customers as these projects start coming down the pike. We have a vast team of knowledgeable field reps and chasing the hug here. We also have a very excellent tech service department. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like no, you're going to be in town next week or something. That's right. <laughs> Trying to get a free lunch out of it. <laughs> but all joking aside, we, we've got a lot of tools available now to, to support you in your fight against corrosion within this sector. And one little teaser too, we've got even more tools to come. We're doing the final enhancements now to our water wastewater system guide. So you've probably seen our wastewater asset protection guide. And we're getting ready to roll out the other facets of that program where we're going to cover water transmission, we're going to cover water treatment, and we're also going to cover water storage. More to come there, but um, be looking out for an announcement, hopefully in the, the weeks to come there. Excellent. Great news. Excellent. Brian, I think that's all we have for today. Thank you for joining us yet again. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me back. For Brian and Paul, I'm Jack. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And so... For the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carboline? Who put the line in Carboline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carboline.